This podcast is brought to you by LTASex.com. Live, laugh, love, LTASex. Welcome to Behind Closed Doors, the podcast where two polyamorous 20-something gay dudes from Bumfuck, Michigan show you what it really takes to have a perfect relationship. I'm your host, Jerome Stewart Nichols, creator of LTSX.com. Most often, I'll be talking to my partner and human pup submissive, Bubby, but you'll also hear me chatting with various guests from time to time. Glossy Instagram selfies look great, but they don't tell the whole story. There's a hell of a lot that goes on behind closed doors to make strong, healthy, and sexually satisfying relationships. From the basics of communication and fighting fair, to full-time DS relationships and navigating the politics of polyamory, Behind Closed Doors offers you an honest, raw, and unedited look at what it's like to build and maintain the relationship that's right for you. To keep up with the show, you can always follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and the rest at NotJeromeStewart and or at LTASexBlog. You can visit LTASex.com slash Behind Closed Doors for links to subscribe on Stitcher, YouTube, and of course, iTunes. Oh, and always, if you have questions you want answered or feedback about the show, send it to me, Jerome at LTASex.info. But enough of this shilling bullshit. Let's get into the sex and relationship. Yes, and I am not an authoritarian. I'm really not. That's my mother. And it drives me fucking insane. Like, it's really important for me to be like, like, have everyone working together cohesively. And I'm able to put aside my desire to, like, relax and not be in charge and hide away for the benefit of the group. Don't kill yourself. Oh, God, I don't want to drive you to the ambulance. Anyways, what were we talking about? Oh, oh, I made Bubby call me Mr. instead of Sir because I did not want to be that, like, distant and, like, cold. And, like, I, I don't, I say I own him, but, like, whenever I say that, it never sounds real to me. I can never, like, believe that I own a human like that just seems so weird Mm -hmm. like I don't even believe I own cats or like a dog like I see them companionship wise in the exact same way I see Bubby yeah where like he's this other thing that's like me in a lot of ways but different from me in a lot of ways and we have this relationship because they need this from me and I need this from them and together we work we work and we have like this like relationship Mm -hmm. we don't talk we don't have sex we kind of don't really give that much of a shit about each other but we're here Mm -hmm. and i like seeing you and saying hey you're there and you look at me sometimes and i feel like you see me too Mm -hmm. and i offer you food and i rub your belly sometimes a lot of the times i love it (laughs) It's it's, it's yeah it works yeah it's very grounding. Touching things is a grounding um, exercise. Mm-hmm. Touch of various things around you, and then you also describe what it is that you're touching, like or what you're also doing. I'm touching the uh, arm of the couch, 
the fabric is rough. There is a hard rim here, which feels kind of weird. I just looked out the window, and I couldn't tell if it was a guy or a girl, but they had kind of a nice butt and a cute braid in their hair, so I'm proud of them. Congratulations. Um, and now I'm looking at this kitty who's staring at Caitlin, eating her everything bagel, and living her best life. Everything bagel. <laughs> mm. Yes, I understand. I, want I understand. Just throw all that crap. Just the salt, the flavor, mm -hmm. just everything. Mm -hmm. Ugh. But now with Alex, I have to figure out what I'm going to have him call me because he wants a fatherly figure. And I have to find a phrase that doesn't make me sound old. Because the phrase I keep coming back to is pa. But that makes me sound old. Like the grapes are wrapped. But I also kind of like the name Dada. It's very infantile. I was gonna say, it makes and sound like sweet. A baby. But it's also like in the vein of things I name things of my own. Mm -hmm. So like I have the stuffed sheep that I got for Easter. Its name is Baba. Um, I got another one that actually looked just like it, and my mother didn't realize she did it. It was super adorable. Um, that one's name is Dada. I got a smaller one that's Lala. <laughs> mm -hmm. What so, if you um, chose a different <clears throat> consonant sound to go with it? Instead of a D. Is there anything that you would like? He called me Daja. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of nice. Cause that's sort of like a combination of Daddy Jerome. Mm-hmm. Like that. Danger. Pager. Faja. Faja. Oh my god. <laughs> that would be terrible. I could not do that. That's some sex right there. That is horrible, is what that is. Um I don't know. I don't want it to seem like pop. Or I don't even like dad or daddy sounds weird to me. I think part of my problem is that I never had a father figure. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Ooh. I did have uncles, though. And I've always really, okay, part of the reason why I dress the way I do and why I like carry myself the way I do and like why I'm set up the way I do in my, like, my life and my relationships and things is because of these like really fond memories I have of bonding with my uncles. They were very large men. 
They were able to like pick me up and throw me around. And they were also very silly and happy and lively and they joked a lot and they were very fun. And as a little kid, this is like formative as fuck. And as I got older, like I liked, I found that I liked being on the other end of that too. And so I could see myself being like an uncle. I feel like that's a good, good position to be in. Cause this, that's not authoritative either. No, but you still have. Yeah. You know. That yeah, way. it's more friendly. Yeah. 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 Huh. Oh. Where's my weed? Did I put it back in my pocket? I was over here when I did it. I. Hmm. Let's see. Is it in my pocket? No. I'm pretty sure I put the top back on. Part of the issue, too, is that I don't think. Like, it's. It's me coming to terms with a lot of things that I'm going to want and need. Mm-hmm. in a relationship but yeah. then also I think she's really quite dishonest with herself and stuff about about all sorts of things like well just starting quite simply with what she wants and what what, what she needs so. well you need to tell her that you see what she needs and what she wants isn't that awfully egotistical yes. of me, though, to think that I would know. Actually, what ego is it serving? My own self-interest. Really... I'm... Is it really, though? Because I could be as misguided as she is. I really could be. Well, be honest about that and let her decide. She's smart. Fair you know? enough. I understand that I'm not a fucking genius. <laughs> I don't know fucking everything, but I also have this very strong sense of what we should and should not be doing, or what you need and what I need, and I I have this like vision of like how our relationship works well, and it's not like this bullshit you've been doing, bitch. It's like this. <laughs> so you're gonna be here this is what we will do yes i understand it will not work this way completely we'll have to do like a lot of tweaking and such but um this 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 won't happen gotta gotta change some things yeah this is not gonna this is not gonna go i'll have you know bro that is not Yeah. Uh, like a little bracelet. What is that? Where does that come from? It actually might be in that chair. I was sitting in that chair first before I called Bubby. I think that's why I don't remember is because I started talking to Bubby and he like distracted me. But it's gone now. Uh, what my container though? Alright, well I'll move in just a second. That's what I want, really. It's like special. I've never found another one like it. It has a silicone top on it. Mm-hmm. 
okay, so here is how I'm feeling. Okay. I'm feeling like you have a weird container behind you. I'm <laughs> There's nothing in it, sadly. Yeah. Sadly. I'm gonna be leaving the country in a minute. Okay. <laughs> for and a minute. For a minute. For a minute. And uh, maybe that minute will be a long enough minute for both of us to still be in like a good place with each other but also very far away from each other because before when we had our distance we had both of us suffered terribly from the anxiety of oh my god this person is specifically trying not to talk to me <laughs> ah. <laughs> they're intentionally going out of their way to avoid me oh worst feeling ever um that's very stressful it is very stressful and it yeah, was especially when you're not communicating that that's you're not you're not purposefully not communicating. Yeah. So that's very that yeah. Yeah. Stressful. So that I feel like when I leave the country and I won't have access to my phone, I'll be very busy, I'll be fucking around with shit. It will distract me enough that I won't feel bad. Of course not. For not, you know, making contact and reaching out. I think it's going forever. And then maybe it'll give her the opportunity to uh, have me not, you know, vying for her attention and for her to decide how she feels about that. You know, and how she feels about her wanting that and wanting to work more for that. I get the feeling, and I I haven't really fully decided yet because sometimes I just think that, like, I expect a bit too much from people, just people in general, and friends too, not just, you know, lovers or anything like that, but uh, I sometimes wonder... If maybe, you know, I, let me regroup my thoughts here. I just, sometimes I feel like she's giving bare minimum. Mm. Just enough to keep me around. And I don't like that. But then also I, I feel I haven't really clarified to myself and, and we haven't clarified to each other what our expectations of each other should be. So I don't know how justified I am in feeling that way. Probably not very. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. But she won't talk to me. She won't talk to me about it either. If I try to bring it up, it's not for want, lack of trying. It's, it's, you know, it's really, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to discuss it. She doesn't want to discuss anything, though. Not just with me. She won't talk to her boyfriend about anything she talks to maybe one friend about things but she still keeps a lot from her she didn't tell her best friend 
that she was screwing this other abusive guy. And she even flat out asked her, like, why is he calling you so much? Did you have sex with him? And she lied to her face. So it's like, she just really has this problem of not wanting to confront anything with anyone. So, I don't know. Do you guys practice bondage? Yeah. Well, here's an idea. <laughs> okay. The next time you guys are doing that, I want you to get her really wild up. And then stop. Okay. Step back. Pull up a chair. <laughs> Look her dead in the eye the entire time. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. And then you go on from what you want to say. Okay. Okay. When she tries to resist... Do the sexual things that she likes. Calm her down. Soothe her. Mm -hmm. Soothe her. Mm -hmm. Even if that means like smacking her ass <laughs> or like scratching her or yeah, some shit. It would. Yeah. Case, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, uh -huh. that's kind of the idea, right? Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, just, just shove some panties in her mouth. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I'm, this is my time to talk. I'm yes. But like, <laughs> and you can sort of like, Mix the two. Mm -hmm. I often mix a lot of like conversations about expectations and things with the actual like sex and the BDSM mm -hmm. because it puts them in a very pliable mindset. Mm -hmm. And it also puts you in the powerful mindset, True. which is nice. Brain switch when I have sex so maybe it would be easier for me as well to actually address a lot of things that I don't verbalize very well. Because so. mm -hmm. I, I, I experience that expectations of people and then being very, very perturbed when it's, when it's not fulfilled, which is why, which is why I've taken to the talking um, and explaining myself, not only just saying like, I don't like this, mm -hmm. but I don't like this. I've told you I don't like things similar. I really should not have to tell you this many times. Pay attention. Keep aware. Mm -hmm. This should not be happening. It sounds preachy, mm -hmm. but it's just like a firm, A, you know you have a tendency to drift off into space. Pull it the fuck together. I see you. Bring it in. I peeped you with my papers. <laughs> that's what I say. That's what I tell him. Did you find your weed container? I did not. I'm just. Eh, it's fine. Well, it's fine. It's fine. Sure. It's fine. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding, but it's fine. It's fine. Like my soul is crushed. Well, let's go get high and mended. Yes, let's do that. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm feeling. Okay. Myself. Right now. That's interesting. That fucking cat. Yeah? 
knocked it somewhere? Yes. For sure. He would do that. I just thought about that. They were over there. I set it down. Is it behind the couch? Don't see it. But I just thought about that. That fucking cat would have knocked it over somewhere, perhaps. Kicked it under something. Batted it in the corner. If you find it. I will. I will. Let's Small space. I just go to the back door. Not allowed. Huh? Damn it, the sun is everything. Oh, God. I wish I could marry it. The sun? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's funny <laughs> and oddly relevant to my life because <laughs> I fucking, um, this morning, <laughs> after set threesome, this was like our first time not using protection. Yay, can we buttholes? Awesome. Um, and then I woke up and like, my dick was kind of itchy. And I, no. I never had that sensation before. And I was like, if this motherfucker, I am going to beat him. <laughs> um, luckily, though, I just, luckily, though, I just beat him. Everything was fine. So that was great. I realized, though, that we fucked several times. He's so drunk. Several times. And then I woke up in the morning and I did it again and then I never peed. Oh, sure. Oh, that's who was running. The cute butt in the braid. Ah, okay, okay. okay. Sure, there you go. Solved. Alright, so here's my question, because, like, I'm trying to, like, not be discouraged. Alright, and I flat out, I, you know, I told her to, like, I, you know, I realize I've been reaching out to you a lot to talk, like, I got a couple weeks left here, and I, I just want to see you a lot, and maybe too much, maybe that's overboard, I apologize for that. Oh, right. And uh, she's like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, I want you here. I want you in my life. Whatever. But then there's, like, no extended effort beyond that to, like, not read my text message and then ignore it for the remainder of the day. 
<laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It's just weird. So it's like, I'm getting such mixed signals. And it's like, work. Well. <laughs> am I compromising here? What am I, what is this? Well. I was also going to say, alternatively, mm-hmm. you could save the BDSM for when you get back, mm-hmm. and essentially, <laughs> cut her off, okay. until you get back. Okay. You send her a message, you make a phone call, whatever, mm-hmm. you say something to the effect of love. This is fucking happening. This is what it is. We can come back and talk details when I'm back in stateside, but otherwise, um, I'm gonna go radio silent. Yeah. Because I'd like to focus and I'd like to give you some space to sort of like prioritize. Mm -hmm. Which I do. Because I don't wanna be all up in your shit. Yeah, it's a goal of mine. It's a goal of mine. I have a lot of insecurities that I need to work through so that I myself don't have some sort of panic attack from not you should express that yeah yeah but you should also not allow her to say no i want to keep talking you should if you say this this is what's happening yeah Mm -hmm. and then i have to stick to that which i'm very bad at but i will make a concerted effort because you don't have to make a concerted effort mute her (laughs) just like block it Mute is that, her. What's mute. What does that mean? No more notifications on your phone from her. You can do that? Yes. What? Oh, I'm not text savvy, Jerome. I don't know how to do this shit. Absolutely. Okay. Well, fine. Alright. Because, I mean, it's like... she She's good at respecting it, like, for a time. And I feel like she... I don't know. I tell myself that she only reaches out when she absolutely needs. And that's me. probably true. Yeah, but because she is Could that also selfish. just mean she only reaches out when she absolutely needs somebody? Like I don't know where I am on her list of reaching out. And does it matter? I mean, should, if you challenge her too much, you might be pretty low. Yeah. But you're there. You know the truth is that she's with a bunch of other people. Oh, for sure. She kind of bounces around depending on who fits her needs at the time. For sure. Yeah, she does. (laughs) Is it... I don't know. I shouldn't ask this question. It's a dumb question to ask. I need to quit asking. Oh, is it bad? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I had this feeling... Like, I felt really paranoid for a minute. (laughs) And really concerned with the fact that, basically, my replacement was this abusive fuckface asshole. And I saw parallels between the two of us. He's, oh my god, is far more intense, far more extreme than anything yeah. he's ever done but I mean there are parallels very obvious he's even his birthday is a day after mine there's she a had thin to point that out to me love and hate. absolutely there's a thin line between abuse <laughs> and multiple orgasms <laughs> that's so but, true hold on one second I'm gonna go to the bathroom okay
How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Oh, goodness. Let's uh, smoke some weed. Sure. I already smoked back this one. Drome is uh, giving me some much needed advice about Marilyn, yeah. who very casually and to no even. I, I mean, like, it's. <coughs> We fuck occasionally, but I mean, like, yeah. the level of our relationship is not <laughs> reached what it had before. Yeah. Um, which I think is a good thing. I think it's good. Um, but it's still very complex, and I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Yeah. And he thought it would be good to come over and chat, and maybe you'd have some insight, too, so. And it gets to be a show, apparently. Do your best to keep names out if you can. I don't know if you cut and edit this shit at all. God damn! Alright, that's fine. Whatever. I'm sure no one that knows her listens to LTA. Yes. And by no one that knows her, I mean Alex. You made me? Oh, you made me a whole thing? <laughs> Add an element to that. Aww. He knows but doesn't know. I actually couldn't tell you the extent to what he knows. I feel like not. Also, also, you would be surprised by, like, how respectful people are. Yeah? And, like, at least in the LTA sex audience, we turn that off, of course. In the LTA sex oh, audience. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. I thought you were talking about them. So, no, no, no. Sure. For sure. Your listeners. Yeah. 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 Because, like, we talk about sensitive topics. Yeah. So, like. For sure. Nobody wants, you know. Bullshit, bullshit. And plus, like, I've literally been, like, half-naked, talked about the time I thought I caught gonorrhea, and my enema experiences. Oh, those are fun. Yeah. So, like, I'm really forthright. Also, isn't this a gorgeous little new Vaughn? Yes. Let him put a bigger crumble at the bottom, because the hole's big. Uh, so I, I don't know, I'm trying to traverse this sort of complex situation, so if you have insights, you'll have to Yeah, I, I figured you might have some insight to her behavior, the, uh, what's-her-face's behavior. She is an enigma. Not she's really, but not. She's, she's so predictable. <laughs> she has one drive to find the love that she never got in her childhood or some shit. That's probably Yeah. Um, that wide-eyed sort of like always craziness is not like great. It's probably because she's so fucking anxious that she feels like she's going to explode. Yes. Yeah, that's almost verbatim shit she said. Yeah, yeah, no, no. She probably needs a lot to be like... I describe me taking care of Bubby as like me sort of um, being the Doc Octopus to his cold fusion reaction. Mm -hmm. Where I just need to be here to... It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I just need to be here to like keep him together. Mm -hmm. Keep him from... Blowing the roof off the house. 
and he can be really productive and eventually I'll learn how to or he'll learn how to keep it all stable together she seems nice. why don't you get that thing there and, put it, and just put it on top of the pot so we don't have to keep moving it around Space fly. Oh, you will too. Like yeah. Twenty-seven ish percent ish. The Julius is twenty-two. Yeah. Lighter. Um. Get another. <coughs> oh, I should. Thank you. Ridiculous. But like. A lot of. Sorry. Oh, go, go, no, you go. Ahead. Oh, okay. I was. I was just gonna say, like, just a observation maybe that could be accurate perhaps I don't fucking know <laughs> um, I do I do think that a lot of the conflict here between the two of us I don't think conflict is the right word but you know what I mean friction yeah okay yeah that's <laughs> um, is really I don't want to say more me, but uh, I definitely recognize there are times it's just like in a an awareness, almost watching myself do it, watching it as it happens. I'm saying things and I'm doing things and I'm I'm reacting and censoring in my mind as I react, but not um, not stopping myself. Not saying out loud, expressing, whoa, hey, that's not what I meant. Or that is what I meant, but I shouldn't have said that. And that's not okay for me to take that out on you in this way. Like, I don't know, it goes along, it goes hand in hand with my stubbornness. So she comes to me with something, she says something to me, she wants to confide in me. And I'm much better at this, but before I was not at all. I would just have a reactionary response. And not usually violent, angry, aggressive, whatever, but any sort of hostility is not good for her. So I've addressed that because it's just something that I have with people in general, and it doesn't usually do me any good. So I should address that. And it, <laughs> <laughs> and it affects my intimate romantic relationship so I should definitely address that because it's worse with them this is people I'm comfortable with yeah so it's worse so Bobby's it's something worse with me because he's comfortable yeah with me. exactly it makes sense you know but it's yeah. still it's something that should be addressed and so I have been and, and it's gotten better but I, I definitely recognize that a lot of that friction like you say I love that a lot of that <laughs> friction is me um, still trying to work on that, still trying to curb that, still trying to, uh, you know, be a little more proactive, you know, like, 
Not proactive. That's not the word. It doesn't matter the word. I think you, I think you said the correct word. Yeah. Okay. Because you've already said that you don't say things that you want to say. No, I let it. You let it fester. Yeah. So I think one thing you need to remember here is that like, just like she is a submissive in training, you're a mistress in training, you're an owner or whatever in training. So like, being good at this shit is a practice that is going to be sort of, I'm guessing, two or so years in. It's going to be like a lifetime thing mm-hmm. where, like, I'm going to have to keep addressing the issues. Like, I used to be very reactionary with him mm-hmm. because he would do things that were fucking terrible. And any normal person, I would expect, like, 90% of the shit would have got him shot. Mm-hmm. Just like, I'm not even a violent person, but you should have been shot so many times. So many fucking times. Like, or just, like, in the hospital, just beat up. Just, ugh, I love you, but you are fucking horrible sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that sort of honesty is important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that can take a while to come around. Right? Too. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Accepting that sort of criticism. I think it, I think it yeah. took, like, 18 months before I was like, you're fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. And it took a while. Because I would complain about specific behaviors um, after a while of like not being able to just like I I just cannot take holding my tongue it gives me so much anxiety I focus so much on like what I should have said what I mean to say and then each and every time I start to feel like victimized Mm -hmm. by like not saying what's on my mind I feel like they're actively attacking me because I'm refusing to tell them what they did wrong because the reason why I'm refusing to tell them is because I know that they're going to react badly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to respond to that. And that's something like we just learned with me about it. Like yes, it's just, like yeah. I told you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I responded instead of like screaming or hitting or like after screaming and hitting. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this is fucking ridiculous. And I hugged you. Yeah. And it worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a different response than like, society has ever taught like I had to think of that and remember to do it in the moment and we've been to fisticuffs several times my question and maybe you can help with this that's my go to response Uh, I'm a hugger which with uh, men that's not the case typically if a, if a male is being aggressive like I taught myself how to fight for that reason but in relationships I'm, I become very submissive when they're, when they're upset mm-hmm. I put myself in the position of I am so sorry <laughs> I am so 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 sorry <laughs> let me hug you let me make this better what can I do you know in those you're halfway there yeah? yeah. 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 Let I, me hug you and let me make this better, but you are fucking up and you need okay. to understand it. I have to get there. For yeah, sure. you got you got to you got to make sure to like yeah. be completely and totally yeah. honest. Yeah. Try to like And it's hard because you have to word it very specifically. Very yeah. specifically. Yeah. With 
With her, she... Oh, shit. I'm just holding this weed. Like a... I think most, like, physically, literally, and metaphorically, um, she does not always want that hug. (coughs) And with her... With panic attacks that she has sometimes... I had I had to learn this because it is my go-to response when people are upset yeah. to embrace them, to give them physical contact and affection. Yeah. But there are times where that is the polar opposite of what she needs, and it makes her worse. So, even yes. those times, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is she diagnosed with any mental illnesses? Yeah. What? Bipolar one. Okay. Um, for sure, and. Uh, Depressive and psychotic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tendencies. Mm-hmm. So let me and ask: Are there times when she's upset and you can tell that she is not her? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Are there times when she's upset and you can tell that she is her and she's just being a bitch? Yeah, but it's like difficult to distinguish. Distinguish. When she's angry, when she when she's sad, it's easier to tell when she's withdrawn from herself and when she's still present mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. When she's angry, I can't ever, like I can't ever really tell when she's saying what she means or if she means what she says, which is very rare. She's not she doesn't speak out of anger often. I don't mean to imply that, but she will start doing that more as you talk more. <laughs> But the reason why I ask is because with Bubby's borderline personality disorder, he is always, like, well, most of the time. Sometimes he's just being a dick. But, like, most of the time, vast majority, when he is being mean, it's because he's not here. He's... I disassociate a lot. That's what it is. So I will kind of go into my own head or go into... Um, just kind of space and zone out or I'll make up like a bunch of fake scenarios that aren't even happening but they're real you know Um, it's a very um, anxious disorder Um, and it can be hard um It can be hard to pull out of, you know, and I think, I think so far, like, you're, I think you're doing really well, you know, with with what you know. It's a learning process, for sure, and it's difficult at the same time, I think, to learn how to have any sort of relationship with these sort of complications uh, while at the same time starting to learn of my own complications and it feels like an awful lot at once but yes but but (laughs) you are a natural leader and you will rise to the occasion. Thank you. I think I feel that. 
It's almost like straight. It's as sure as your back is fucked up. <laughs> That's uh, pretty fucking sure. Yeah. <laughs> pretty fucking sure. All right. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. No, it, it it feels both completely manageable and overwhelming at the same time. Like, I have this distant feeling of knowing, oh, God, I'm going to get through this, and when I am on the other side looking back, it'll feel excellent. But right now, it's awful, and it sucks, and it feels overwhelming. And for me, that translates seemingly benignly into poor performance at school. I'm still getting good grades, but it's not as good, you know? I withdraw more in social situations, you know? It's like, it's smaller things. I don't have big, disruptive sort of episodes. I don't know if that's the word you want to use. Like she does, or like other people struggle with. But it's like... That's because you, for the most part, have your shit together. So you don't completely (laughs) unravel. You're not <laughs> holding all your, like, strands together, like, in your arms, and then, like, as soon as you get scared, you just throw them in the air. <laughs> You've got, like, a yarn ball that you drop, and it kind of just rolls away like from you. Some, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes you're trying to, like, follow it, and you pull it too hard, and it rolls away some more. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most perfect imagery. <laughs> My God. <laughs> but usually, usually. After you've, like, sat down for a minute and be like, Jesus fucking Christ. Then I'm okay. And I can roll it all back nope. up and mm-hmm. it's all raveled and beautiful again. And, and get back to it. it's somewhat okay. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some people who just leave their yarn ball on the floor and they just knit that way. Yeah. Some people can do that. We can't do that. You don't think Because I can we're do that? crazy. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. We're similarly crazy. Okay. I've wondered, here's, you know, in my line of study, (laughs) you read the term a lot, going down, uh, often, um, like going into yourself, Mm -hmm. going down into yourself, and um, I feel like that has been the general theme of the last... 10 or 15 years of my life, but on steroids <laughs> for the last three. And it's a lot. Um, but when I, when I think about that, um, I wonder how far down, you know, and, and what does that look like? And have I really done that yet? And I, I wonder, you know, have I lost myself enough yet? I think I have. I really have. Um, significantly but I don't think about it that way it's so strange it's so strange I've never your ego tells you you have everything together in the last year yeah I've just really realized like do you not remember us having this conversation like maybe a year or two ago when you were like breaking (laughs) up with your other girlfriend and I was telling you like 
this relationship is not going to work, you need different things because you're crazy, and, like, you need to have you, have you ever considered going to, like, a psychiatrist? Like, yeah, like, no, I don't want to take medicine, it's fine, I can manage it, it's fine. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, I, Galen. I still don't want to take medicine. I still don't want to take medicine. You're going to take medicine. At some point in my life, maybe. But here's the thing, I do not want to be forever medicated. That's it. I do, I'm 25 years old, I am not willing to commit the rest of my life to medication. I'm just not. You don't want to give up control of your brain, and that is fine. Yeah. However, you do not have control I of don't. your brain. I don't. Otherwise, you wouldn't need the medication. I don't. <laughs> I, and I, I acknowledge that, and I accept that more so now than I ever have at any point in my life. It's been a very slow, gradual process of acceptance. Coming to that realization. Yeah. Seeing that this is forever, perpetually a problem. Hold on, I'll tell you my but, timeline. See if this sounds right for you. You're 25 now. Yeah. I'm going to be 28. Okay, I'm going to be 28. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, I met Bubby. Two years before that, I fell into the well of, like, depression just slowly over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sort of, like, was holding on to the rim of the, the well, and then this little puppy came by, and then he jumped in, and I was like, shit. And then I went down and got him, and then I pulled us both out together. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are now. But in the years before that, I had done pretty okay kind of focusing on like work during college excelling at that now mind you this is 26 when I met him Mm -hmm. 25 24 23 now 24 on my 24th birthday when I was about to lose my health insurance I had an appointment and I got medication I've been thinking about it. And I would have waited even longer had my insurance not been running out. So, I get it, and it works sort of okay. I take it, I pay for it, like I try to adhere to it. It doesn't work that great. It gives me a little extra energy, but I still kind of, whatever. And then, eight months later, I meet him. And I find the social community I need, which allows me to sort of be less guarded and understanding that, like, mental health is not so scary. Also understanding that, like... While I might have a little bit of energy, I am still far too often not wanting to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. And I still can't manage to accomplish the goals that I want to accomplish. Sure, I have these great moments of, like, manic clarity, but who the fuck wants that? Really. So exhausting. To eventually... last year, me finally getting on Zoloft. Like, I compromised at 25. Yeah. Yeah, it was 25, not 24. At 25. 
to get Wellbutrin because that was a low acting, like I was depressed and I had just sort of given up. I was like, I need help. And if medication is going to be the thing that helps, then I'm just going to say yes. Because I, I, I decided a long time ago to say yes to doctors. Unless you're telling me that everything's fine and I'm almost certain that it's not. Then I will fight them. But normally I just say yes. Do you, I recommend this test. Fine. You should try this medication. Fine. 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 Just, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not smart enough. I'm not as smart as I think I am, even now. So, like, it is humbling, but it also allows me to connect with this one. Because he's not that smart, book smart. But then again, I'm not that book smart either. I'm very functionally intelligent, and I've just lived through a lot of situations that I've had to learn how to fix. So that makes me seem like I am the culturally acceptable definition of what smart is. But we're actually sort of like... Our only main difference really is like awareness of like the world around us. I am very aware. I am constantly watching. I am constantly looking. Part of my anxiety is being vigilant. Um, I have what I call future vision. Like, on, do you watch TV Universe? One of the characters has a superpower of, like, this ability to see into the future, but not exactly what will happen. She has like this: something happens, and instantly she can see a hundred different like reactions that could happen following up. Blah, 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 blah. All the different things. And she can sort of, like, like suss a, out... Like a river. Yeah, like a river. It. It's intuition. Yeah. 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 She has very good intuition that is, like, very powerful for her. I have that. If I follow it, my life goes really, really well. Unfortunately, it's a very quiet voice. And my anxiety is very, very loud. <laughs> so, like... When my anxiety is loud, my voice is very... in my body and I can't really talk and I most people have a hard time understanding me because I and then I also speak kind of slowly because everything in my body is going so fast does that sound like you? bits and pieces <laughs> yeah there are, there are aspects that are a little bit different well I'm sure your um, life is different like, and I'm sure your crazy is a little bit different. It's just like some starting points, I think, really. Um, I've always been really observant mm -hmm. and curious and isolated. Yes. But the best social butterfly. Me too. And what that translated into... Because I had a very sheltered upbringing. Mm -hmm. um, I had all the book smarts. Mm -hmm. Nothing but book smarts. <laughs> uh, I devoured absolutely everything that was put in front of me. 
reading college level materials, literature type, that was what I enjoyed, not like textbook shit. Literature, reading, probably materials that were a little much for my elementary year old brain. That's, I was more of a doer. I've never been a doer. I've but, always been a doer. But I'm a doer in a different kind of way. <laughs> um, I do a lot of things, and I've always been involved and engaged, except when I get really depressed and really, really withdrawn. Mm -hmm. um, but in that way, I'm a doer, because that gives me a social presence, and that gives me a certain appearance. Mm. And um, I like to maintain that, because that was something that was important to my parents. Mm. And that's a, I, I recognize very much. But I, I see everything, I think, from my book, book smarts, my therapist would tell you that I just intellectualize things that are personal to me. Mm -hmm. I put it in an intellectual space, and um, I, I don't see my crazy as crazy. That's not a word that, well, I would really choose for anyone's crazy. I see it as social conditioning. I believe I was conditioned. I can look back at my childhood and I can very easily, I don't need a therapist to point it out to me, I can very easily... See the trail. Pick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, no, I can. absolutely. And um, that's fine. For me, honestly, for me, the, the process of uh, healing myself and making something new... <laughs> different patterns uh, a new cycle I don't even want another cycle I just want to have consistent spontaneity <laughs> um, I just want to be able to um, continue this level of awareness of myself uh, aside from when I was younger and I listened to what other people told me and what I listened to other narratives forced onto me, um, I've always known very much innately what I am, what's going on, uh, when I feel things, when it's happening. It's like I was telling you earlier, you know, when, like, it's like, outside looking in, I'm observing myself act like an idiot. Mm. And I've yet to maintain, or uh, achieve, excuse me, achieve the ability to uh, step in in every situation. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. But I haven't yet managed. But I've always had the awareness, you know? Like, I don't... I started out not having it. Yeah. I had none. I, Very impulsive child. Ugh. It's caused such great ambivalence, though. I've always, because I've consistently, I've had this separation of myself as my higher intellect mm -hmm. on the inside. That voice, like you were saying, mm. it's always loud. Mm. It's screaming at me consistently. <laughs> and then I have my dumbass physical form who refuses to get in line and follow the fucking rules. You know, mm -hmm. my intuition knows. My intuition says, Caitlin, you fucking idiot, what are you doing? It screams at me constantly. And my rebellion, my stubbornness, my pride, every, my anxiety often too, everything screams just as loudly. 
and I have this constant, although now far more entertaining and less frightening, <laughs> internal turmoil and battle, you know, if you will, there's a war raging, you know, and uh, now I feel like I can sit back, quite literally sometimes I do just sit back and watch the thoughts unfold on the wall, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's almost calming to be in that place now, because that was not something that happened. I watched it happen in despair and wept about it and would cry out and and try to pray and try to find some sort of external, like, savior <laughs> to help me manage this this battle. Yeah. And he went the religion route, too. Yeah, I tried that. I tried it for a minute. And... I never I, had a religion, ever. I realized that, well, I was raised with it, so it was the first natural path. I was. Path, like, I was raised with it. I was baptized. Yeah. I've never believed it. Yeah. I, no, I never did either. Let me, I never actually believed, but I put on one hell of a show. I put on one hell of a show. <laughs> so, I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. And this, I'm also going to state this, because yeah. I forgot to tell this to you, Bobby. As a black person, mm-hmm. I recognize it. <clears throat> it is not my space to criticize <laughs> or, like, really sort of, like, deconstruct the culture from which I am not from, mm-hmm. even though I do take great part in it, in it and, like, in terms of, like, the major cultural zeitgeist. For sure. I don't live it. Mm-hmm. So I don't innately understand it. I know how to navigate it. Okay. But that's as me, not as you, right? That being said, I also feel that, like, my position in society is being, like, below actually gives me a vantage point that's beneficial. One of your biggest problems is that you're fucking liars. White people? Yes. Yeah. You are Fucking liars. Self-deceivers. Yes. And others. (laughs) Lie, 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 lie. That is so big. Mm -hmm. One of my greatest strengths comes from being black where lies get caught out real quick. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult for you to live in a fantasy world without people sort of like calling you on your shit. Partially because we can't live in a fantasy world because we might get shot. Sure, yeah. But you guys can hide away. Yeah. You can just sort of like walk through your neighborhood every single day being completely unaware. So you never get that training of like really being having to stay focused and aware. Like that. that... It happened to me when I was like eight. That I gained, like, awareness of the world. And, like, that I was alive on a rock that was spinning through space and that, like, time was a thing that happened. And, like, everything I do has a reaction. Mm -hmm. And, like, 
I feel like that is something that either comes later or not at all in a lot of white culture, especially with white men. Which is why he's so fucking crazy, and you're so fucking, like, put together. You've got your shit together, but you're crazy inside. Yeah. He's crazy outside to everyone else. Except... I'm You're crazy to yourself. I'm a philosophy major, so that doesn't apply to me, because that was very much my awareness as a child. I've been a fucking nihilist since I was six. Like, and that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that's cool, but you do, but you are a liar. Yeah, for sure. You lie to yourself all the time, and partially is your choice of words and how you say things. But the difference between someone who I would say is... A liar. <laughs> right. And unaware. Right. You remember <laughs> like, this conversation, right, Bubby? <laughs> like my definition of lying is different. Well, okay. Lying is self deception or deceiving others. I mean I guess it's just like For the... any purpose. Yeah. Your no, intention no, no. does no. not matter. No, that's why I didn't mention purpose, because it doesn't matter. You're lying to yourself or you're right. lying to other people. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. Right. That's it. Right. So, um, some people do that mm-hmm. very much intentionally. Right. With specific manipulative purposes. Okay. And then there are some people who do it out of sheer fucking ignorance. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was one of those people who did it out of sheer fucking ignorance. Absolutely. Once I gained more self-awareness, then I became, again, this goes right back to me saying, that person who still sometimes does that, acts a goddamn fool, (laughs) says dumb shit, says shit that isn't true, whatever. And again, it's it's never anything extreme. I've never been a liar. (laughs) Like, just going through life Bouting mistruths forever and fucking ever. You know, like, I don't, right. I'm not a pathological liar. Right. Mm-hmm. But I've been. You're not Marilyn. Not Marilyn. Do you want I, something to drink, by the way? Sure, thanks. Tea? Yeah, okay. Um, sweet or not sweet, regular sweet or fake sweet? Uh, not sweet, just some herbal tea, whatever. We have iced tea or you want hot tea? Oh, hot tea? I don't care. Whatever. Just we have lots me. of options. Just bring me tea. I don't care. You choose. Thank you. <laughs> I can't choose. Um, but, okay. So, now I'm just to the point where I'm trying to be even more assertive with myself. Because just recognizing it is good for preventative measures, but I still fuck up. And in the mo- moment, I don't correct myself. I still watch it happen, fully aware that it's happening. I'm not lying to myself about it happening anymore. Uh, But I don't always stop myself. I just, like, watch it happen and be really angry at myself for not doing anything. Okay. So. Great. Yeah. I stopped lying to myself about the fact that I was depressed. Mm -hmm. That I was making mistakes. It made a slight difference in how I saw the world. But until I stopped lying about my nature. And when I say lie, I mean what I'm going to do. About 
how futile the fight is to do X. Because I know through history and proof, I've proven to myself I'm not going to do X. Or I'm not going to do X in this way. And no matter how many times I try, it's not going to work. But I don't, I don't know what nature is. Here's, okay, this, this is another... Nature patterns, cycles, what you do, what you, what you prove, like what you actually have done in the past. Nature implies that it's natural and it's there to stay. And that anything you do beyond that is artificial and not authentic. And I don't like that. I really disagree with that. Well, then we can change the wording. Okay. I say nature... To mean, like, what is your, what is the innate nature of, like, the state of your mind at this point in time, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you do mm-hmm. have an innate nature to be alive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Y- y- we can agree to that? Mm-hmm. And with that, there's eight billion behaviors that's going to come with that, mm-hmm. right? So, like, me saying that you can be honest about your nature is that I want to live means... When you're depressed, you don't ever say you're going to kill yourself. It never comes up because I'm just fucking lying. I'm never going to fucking do it. So what's the point of me talking about it? Mm-hmm. Or I am not going to do this assignment. I will fake like I'm going to do it. I will make every attempt to do it. Yep. Doing it right now. Absolutely. And I'm, I, I am actively making the choice because... This is not what I want to be doing. And if I was doing what I wanted to be doing, I'd have more gusto about it. Mm-hmm. The problem is I don't exactly know what I want to be doing, and that terrifies me. And you have to repeat that, the entire truth. You have to tell the whole truth, all the time. Mm-hmm. And get into the habit of it. Because it... See, I do, though. Again, but this, do goes, you... this goes back to my intuition is... Not always screaming the right thing, but it's screaming the best thing to my knowledge in that moment and often beyond, if that makes sense. It has a much broader scope. Somebody give me some weed. And greater reach than uh, a lot of other things that are at, like, a more perceivable plane. Okay. And I guess I just don't always... I don't know. I guess I do trust it more now. That's probably... A, that's, that's an outdated thing for me to say that I don't trust it. Um, I think I do now. I just still don't listen. I haven't trained myself. <laughs> I haven't reconditioned myself to, uh, to always behave. But do you say that? What? To myself? Yes. Oh, Caitlin, you're not listening to me? Mm-hmm. Probably not often enough. Because I'll write it in my journal. You can read through my journal and see me say it. Go and that's ahead. healthy. That yeah. is actually yeah. scientifically proven the number one way to work through emotional stress. Oh, cool. Is writing. Yeah. yeah. But oh, well, I'm a writer. You need to practice. Did you know that? Yes. I write every day. I film notebooks, like, at least two notebooks a month. You're I'm a storyteller. Right. You didn't get that way just by talking. All storytellers are also writers. <laughs> I am a storyteller. I've always been a storyteller. But, like, um, like I said, I've never... Actually, I think this is probably the best way to put it. I lie a lot, but I've never lied for personal gain. And that's fine. But you need to stop lying. 
when I say lie, because um, I use that word very loosely, because I've had people to my face say that they think actors are liars too, and I'm an actress. I was, I did musical theater for 13, 15 years so of my life. I. Lying. It's you care about appearance. You yeah. do things that your parents oh, yeah, care about that. that you don't give a fuck Absolutely. about, right? Yeah. You're a liar. Which I recognize as, again, a form of that self-deception. Right. But, I mean, and the reason that I got out of pursuing musical theater as a career, at the very least, and studying it in school, is because nobody else seemed to care that that was the reality of the situation. Everyone, all right, everyone there, they were liars. And I say that as uh, meaning they took that that identity and that existence and they owned it and they accepted it and they were going to be it. They were liars. Me, I got in there and I realized that that's what it needed me to be. And I said, that's not (laughs) who I am and what jives with how I feel. I can't turn this into a game. Game. (laughs) Game, game. You know, I can't, I can't take what used to just be something that made me feel good and make it something for profit. I can't turn this into a competition. I can't start lying for my own profit and well-being. I can't do that. I've never even lied in my own defense. I did, like, two times when I was a kid, and the lessons for doing so were so great that I never did it again. It scared me right out of it. Like, I just, you know, it, it doesn't happen. I was scared straight. <laughs> You know, and I've always been like, I'm quick to confess if I do fuck up. I'm quick to be really honest with whoever I am. Oh, nope, that was bad. But like, I come back to it later. I'll still like go through it and then guilt myself yes. with my conscience and be like, all right, listen, we need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've sat and been. <laughs> been interrogated by police officers with no lawyer and just completely confessed everything bore my fucking soul (laughs) to a detective trying to bring charges up against me that's how much of a non-liar i am but i do recognize that i'm steeped in this culture just like i'm i'm not a misogynist i'm not a pig like that but i grew up allowing myself to be beautiful what Oh, that smoke cloud? Yeah. I I grew up allowing myself to be steeped in this really heavy patriarchal culture Mm -hmm. where I aligned myself at least in an effort of self-protection and defense, aligned myself with the identity of the people who had abused me so that I could have some power, the same kind of power that they had. And so I recognize that that's where some of my abusive qualities come from and my abusive traits come from and my own tendencies, you know, to not listen to my intuition and to not listen to my better, higher self. Quote, air quotes on that. Big time air quotes on that. But it's, uh, I don't know, it's just like uh, breaking out of that, you know, and, and seeing that I have those patterns that does not mean that that's who I am, and that does not mean that I can't change that. That's why I'm kind of against the word nature, because I do believe 
that these are things that you can change. I do believe that my depression, my mood swings, I, I love, I'm at the point now where I love every aspect, just about, just about, of my manias, the depressive episodes do, even when I feel my fucking worst. I, I kind of love it, but I'm a masochist, so that might have something to do with it. Uh, um, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I think that I appreciate now more than ever, uh, the mental state that I am, the level of awareness that I have, and I recognize that that does not mean that I have overcome really a whole lot. I mean, I guess I have. I guess I have. I have overcome a whole lot. I shouldn't cut myself, you know, short. Sure. But I, I don't know. I appreciate that uh, I see it now, and I think that's all part of the process. Uh, recognizing it first and foremost I don't know I just I, I I don't know I'm just rambling at this point but, no you, you know. are um okay <laughs> all right all right I want to find I want to see if I can find this article. Okay. This article on LTA sex, and I've ha- I've read this to multiple people now. <clears throat> and I, I've shared this with them, and I feel like they don't get it until like we actually talk about it, really. It's called, Stop Doing Shit You Don't Want to Do. Oh, yeah. I read that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to read it for you again. In this moment. Alright. Alright? Every day for the past few years, I've opened my eyes to the horrifying reality that my life is filled with shit I don't like and don't want to do. Sure, I claim to lead a life of engaged passion, but the truth is, like the rest of you, I too am inwardly deteriorating as I struggle to get by. Are these things true for you? No. You're not struggling to get by? No. You're not poor? I don't count that as struggling to get by. That's what I meant. Oh. Okay, well, I don't care about finances, though. That's not something that has anything... I understand that, like, the stress of finances is linked to your happiness, but um, I actually don't place any inherent value in money. And I don't just mean that, like, ooh, I don't need that. I mean, money makes me more sad. The more money that I have, the more sad that I am. That's one thing that I've noticed, because I've had plenty of money in my life. Not from my parents. I've gone out and I've earned my own. I've worked my ass off. I dropped out of school and worked four or five years on my own, making tons of money, living on my own, spending whatever the fuck I wanted didn't make me any any fucking happier. Paying my bills on time didn't make me any fucking happier. Yeah, I was in a stressed, whatever, pros and cons, but having more money didn't do shit. And I think it did a lot of it damage too <laughs> I don't know I have really I have a weird relationship with money it's not it's not at the forefront of things I don't care about it I want to get away from it I don't like it that's me though <laughs> that's just me 
<laughs> You're a liar. No, I'm not. Not I about that. I don't care. I don't like it. I want to get away from it. What's the truth? I don't like money. I'm not a capitalist. But you said you don't care. About money? About having it? Exactly. That's what I mean. I don't care about having money. So why do you get away? want to get away from it? Because... Why is too much bad? If you don't care about having it... Because I see money as part of a global problem. I see our obsession with you. it. Yeah. My unhappiness. Oh my gosh. This is me intellectualizing it. This okay. That's what I mean. All right. No, 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 let no. Let me no. just cut let, to the, let me just cut to the end. Let me finish. Please I'm going to cut to the end because I, I guarantee this is what I'm going to say. I don't... Okay. I really... I just want to say I don't appreciate okay, you saying that I'm a liar about not caring about money because I've thought about this a lot. Okay. And it's something that means a lot to me philosophically. And right. I know that seems kind of ridiculous because it's, oh, it's separating it from what it means to you personally. They're very... They're inextricable to me. They are absolutely inextricable. Okay. 100%. So how I feel about money is how I feel about the world. Okay. Money is illness. Money and the obsession with it is disease. It's sickness. And people <clears throat> are so sick right now. People are so sick. Greed is a disease. Greed allows hundreds of thousands, millions of people to die every single day. And we have our own personal stash of money over here, so we don't care about it. Because that's not us. <laughs> And too bad for them. Woo, God. I, I don't know, I just can't. It makes me emotional because that, to me, it creates, it goes back to ambivalence. It's putting me over them. It's us and them. That's what money does. Money divides. Money makes us isolated. Money makes us care about the individual and the self. Money serves the self. And we can use this mentality that money can serve this higher purpose. We can use it to help solve the world problems, but it caused the world's problems. So you will never dismantle the master's house with the master's tools. That's not how it fucking works. You don't cause neoliberal fucking outbreak across the world, destroying cultures and civilizations and societies and families and and governments for your own fucking benefit, too. I mean, if you want to take it that far, not that I care about governments, but doing that, that's neoliberalism, that's capitalism, that's money, that's profit, that's gain. You don't fucking, I don't know, you don't do that. And not pay some sort of price for it. So for me, capitalism is not going to solve the problems that capitalism created. It's going to drive the people who live under capitalist values further into depression, further into poverty, further into division and inequity. I'm a fucking Marxist when it comes to this. It will destroy civilizations forever and always until the end of time. That's what profit and money does. That's it. It's dehumanizing. That's how I feel about money. So I guess I don't care is the wrong thing to say because clearly I do care. 
But. So. But. Is it a truth or a falsehood? Oh, my goodness. It's a, it's a technicality. It's syntax. <laughs> it's, a, it's a colloquialism. It's saying, I don't care if I have then money. Then tell the truth. Say the correct thing. I don't care if I have money. If I have money. Sorry for not following up for other words. I don't care if I have money. Didn't I say you have to say the whole phrase? Otherwise, it's a lie. Fair enough. I don't care. Okay, so omission. Fine. Add that to the list. I don't care if I have money. I say things in my head and not out loud. Right. But you need to say them out loud because you need to hear them all. Fair enough. Don't tell me that I'm lying about things like that, though. For that small of a reason. I just want to point that out really quick because... When I get that flustered... I figured that's what you were going to say. <laughs> I care very much about these things, and I think about them a lot, and let me finish. It's like you're questioning my intelligence I'm and my own process when you say things like that. I'm not questioning your intelligence, but I do feel like you're being a little defensive. I am. Because, because I felt as so let me say my this. intelligence. So let me say this. Caitlin? Yes. I see you. Thank you. I see your intelligence. Do you really see me, though? I am seeing you more and more and more and more. Okay. I appreciate that. And seeing you react that way helps me see you even further. I care too much. But I truly and in my heart of heart believe that everything that you said about your beliefs is true. And yet, there is a layer of white eagle bullshit to it that you don't quite see. No, I've thought about this too. I've thought about this too. Mm -hmm. Tell me about it. Because I've tried to deconstruct my privilege in this way. And I don't have it all figured out yet, because I'm still learning a lot. What I have discovered is that I was super jaded about how I was brought up because I didn't have money, and I thought that was something. I thought that meant something. That you didn't have money? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the chip on my shoulder that I had was much bigger than it should have been because I had no perspective. And it took me a really long time to gain perspective and to learn that I had no business having the size chip that I did. And going around and talking about these big blustery ideas without actually having any other perspective on the issue. Because I didn't. And I didn't listen to other perspectives on the issue. And I didn't have an understanding that within class divisions are other social identity divisions. And that affects even more. And that class, honestly, when it comes to your own self-perspective and the identity that you give yourself, has nothing to do with it. An affluent black person is just as likely to have the same internal stress and turmoil from the social identity that's forced upon them as a poor black person. 
They're gonna have the same fucking health problems. They're gonna have the same shortened lifespan. They're gonna have the same problems. It's, it's really very little affected by class. So the hardest thing for me to let go of was that my class oppression did not trump other oppressions. That was the hardest thing for me to come to terms with. Especially because of how strongly I felt about money. So, kind of working through that haze now, like, it's still a work in progress. Like I said, I'm still learning a lot. And, like, kind of deconstructing that and the layers to that. Because it runs deep. And there are things that I'm still, like... What are... And outside of America. America, too. Like, the international affairs is helping open my eyes on a global perspective as well. This sort of deep entrenched minority majority divisions and class divisions that happen abroad. So my angst is still very much from like, ooh, my parents couldn't buy me birthday presents growing up. You know, like I'm still getting rid of that, you know, because capitalism sucks in that way. I'm still getting away from that very selfish, really unimportant perspective of So why did you rebut when I said that it was white ego bullshit? Because I feel like white ego bullshit means when people talk about this kind of shit, they're still only saying it like, "Mm, I'm not getting this, so this is why it's bad. Not... Here's the fucking problem that we caused. Us. Me. Still. I'm sitting here buying my fucking clothes that I want to buy. My intuition, again, is screaming at you. You are doing nothing but perpetuating the very system that you bitch about constantly. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Constantly yelling at me over here. And yet here I go. I feel like white ego bullshit is people espousing these ideas and not recognizing that they're still very much an active part of it. Saying, I'm that white person. I'm that fucking capitalist. I'm that fucking sheep. I'm the problem. That's white ego bullshit. And it did take me a lot of time to step away from that. But I really feel like that I'm very actively heading in that direction. Breaking that down. And getting away from that perspective. I don't think it's wrong for me. But it is a process. It is, absolutely. And you are not done. It's exhausting. It's like... So you are not yet free of white ego bullshit. No, never. So perhaps as an outside source and as a black person with lots of outward knowledge of the white struggle, several um, witnesses who can attest to how many times I've had this conversation with other white people... um, that maybe you could sleep on it. Because... Sleep on what? That there might be more white ego bullshit in there than you realize. To because, me, caring listen, about having listen, a global view listen, of... No. Of what? Being a Marxist? Listen. Listen. I'm listening. You are, but you have a shield up. I do. You can't listen if you're hearing me refracted through metal. That's pretty. 
what you're hearing is a distortion of the actual words that I'm saying, along with the intention and my face and the emotions that I'm trying to put forth toward you. You have to be open to all of it, not just the text that you can analyze. Taking it all in. <laughs> Lay it on me. <laughs> Lay it on me. Oh, God. Hold on. Let me see what's happening with my phone. Oh, God. Um, it's telling me I have low storage. So, Bubby, keep an eye on this. And when it stops, let me know. It'll eventually stop. I don't know how long we have. Um, it should be minutes, though, so you don't have to constantly keep an eye on it. Um, who you are... Who you believe yourself to be is all I mean by ego. Okay. There are lots of words in the English language that have very, very, very specific meanings. And we often use them incorrectly and describe judgments to them without treating them with the sort of like very individual purpose that they serve. So when I speak, I'm, first I'm sort of explaining. When I speak to you, I've chosen my words very specifically. Because to me, I'm using them in the least judgmental, but most factually accurate way I can describe. So when you're hearing my words... Recognize that a lack of understanding is most likely the culprit in, like, why words are hitting you really, really hard. Or they're truthful and you don't like them. Or rarely I'm wrong. <laughs> um... When I say white bullshit, white, white ego bullshit, what I mean is, like, there is this tendency of, like, progression of awareness, right? And once, you, once white people have gone a certain way, varies from person to person, they say with confidence that they are at a good place. They sense that they're at a good place where... They are basically rid of their, like, white eagle bullshit shackles. Where this place is, is gauged by them. Right? Mm -hmm. But I question who gives them to, the right to judge that. Mm -hmm. We all within ourselves have our own moral judgments. About, like... Racism, sexism, classism, everythingisms. Mm. And people like us, you and I, and even him, we never 
never. We truly, we grew up in the 90s. We don't want to be our parents. So we work really, 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 really hard. But there's no metric, really, for like, even your most well-educated white person to look at and say, this is a good place to be. There's a lot of yelling, there's a lot of books, there's a lot of theory, there's a lot of blog posts. But like very rarely within like a community do we say like, here's the core of what you need to understand. When I hear you say, I don't care about money, I don't like it, get it away from me. That is fucking triggering because I grew up not poor, but where money was a stressor. Mm -hmm. And even now, money is a very big stressor for me Mm -hmm. because I have, I I, I don't feel at the very least like I have a safety net. Mm -hmm. So if I fail, that's it. I'm done, I'm homeless, I'm destitute, my life is going to crumble because that is the truth of poverty. And that is a constant fear that I'm in, Mm -hmm. right? Now, I also, in my older life, went the opposite route where I was like, I'm about to get this money, I'm about to do this, which is why you see a lot of like hip hop and things idealizing that sort of idea because this is fucking poor. Like, give me this motherfucking, give me my motherfucking, Bitch better have my money. Right? I love you. And I realized that that was also wrong. Right? Because the amount of money doesn't matter. What I really valued was like the safety and the security that came with having money. So the idea was like to figure out how I could relate to money that wasn't what I grew up with, what I rebelled to, or sort of like the next thing that was just coming up in the culture Mm -hmm. to sort of create my completely new and own idea of like what I was going to do with money. And that included reevaluating how I was going to look at jobs and wages, and pay rates, and benefits, and how I was going to look at money in itself, and how I was going to spend money, and how I was going to shop, and how I was going to store, and like, the way I was going to take care of my mental health, and like, all of it. All of it. It is... Thinking about money gives me anxiety. Like, I'm talking about it right now, and I'm having, like, I, I, I feel disconnected from my internals because I'm very here, but I, I know my heart is racing. I can feel, like, my lungs clench thinking about not having money. I definitely feel that. I, you and, know, I said it still stresses, but... Right. Like, 
I see. Okay. Can but, I ask a question? But for me, it's a phobia to not have money. And for you, it's kind of a phobia to have money. To not... I wouldn't say to have money. My issue... Because it stresses me out to not have money. I'm not going to... I cry about it. Like, I'm not going to... Then why didn't you say that earlier? I did. I said it stresses me out. I said it still stresses me, but I don't link it to inherent happiness. But stresses me and causes me to cry, those are not the same things. I don't pay my bills. Anyone would be stressed. I've almost been evicted, like, over ten times. Like... I've no, I know I've come to you and I've like yes. been stressed about you almost absolutely being have, and, and it, that's what I'm saying. Anyone like, has that response, but that does not cause me to have the reaction that you have. It doesn't cause me to important. want to have money, and even a safety net. It doesn't cause me to want to have money anymore. Well, that's good, but like even t- to have a safety net, like I don't even mean excess, but to like have the security. I feel no more compelled to do so, I resent the fact that I have to even more. I resent the emotional labor that I'm put through. I resent the... I resent the fact that I have to force myself to do work that means nothing to me because I don't have a set of interests that fits your typical, you know, money-making standard. And, like... I try to write for money, like, at Eastern and shit, and, like, that's my option right now, but, like, I don't know. I just really resent this society, the it culture around It feels like I'm money. being strangled by my own aspirations and unfulfilled potential. It's felt like that for a while, and I've been trying for nearly just as long to figure out what the fuck we were on in my life to end up here. Sure, here includes stable income, a decent apartment, a healthy romantic relationship, and a generally great life, unfortunately. All of that is not enough to trick me into into thinking that everything is fine. My career started after college, and I've known that since about a month after I walked across Eastern Michigan University's Catification Center stage, but haven't known what to do about it. So I spent the next three years getting by, bettering myself and making a life while keeping a brave face about being trapped in my college town. I've been fed up for a while, but thanks to my doctor prescribing me Zoloft last month, that suffocating cloud of depression, anxiety, and constant fatigue is lifting. For the first time in about two years, I'm feeling bit feeling like me again and it's making me face some panic attack inducing truths the most important among them i hate the work i'm doing when i started blogging i had a slightly better than average grasp of the english language and this doesn't just apply to like me doing something that i kind of like it means like including the ssl right so like i mean you know i had a blah 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 i was far from being a professional but i had passion after your blogging got in the paper did higher and higher and higher. To my dismay, though, um, although when I left college, it turned out I wasn't as important as I thought I was. I was so sure that after college, um, I would start writing books and become one of those awesome sex educators that I always looked up to. I was sure I'd become Mr. LTA Sex and have the world educated by my retweet. That didn't happen. I did get a really few gigs that fell into my lap. Um, but nothing ever really came of it. And essentially, I realized that all of that, like, even though it was sex, even though it was different, I was still 
trying to live up to the facade, the visual facade of like what I thought success was supposed to be. And yes, I know you have gotten there too. But when when you told the story about you dropping out of like stop stopping doing music mm-hmm. what i heard from you was not that i should stick with this because i love it and make my own path it was you people suck i'm going to do something that i hate instead or like that is of interest but not what fulfills me fully that is second best it's fine I'm bleeding in my soul but it's fine but I didn't love musical theater in that way there, I don't think you have enough context on okay give me some context what it was to me um by the way my fucking foot is asleep yes. <laughs> mm. um musical theater I gave it up very easily because it was what I wanted to do for about two years of my life because I'm a good singer and other people told me that that's all I would ever do my brain didn't matter at all I'm a woman this is where this is where I get to tell you a thing or two about a thing or two (laughs) Um, if you have a talent or if you have looks that's it and it's a superficial appreciation of that um, that becomes your identity And I know that there's, like, a trope with this, too, with black males being, you know, athletes or musicians, that sort of thing. Um, You still have your autonomy as a man within the black community, at the very least. Um, Women, especially in the black community, got nothing there. Other people make every effort to strip that from you. So, as soon as people found out that I could sing, they cared a lot less about what I had to say. Or the fact that I was pulling straight A's and a perfect GPA. They didn't care (laughs) that I was interested in science. They didn't care that I was interested in philosophy. They didn't care that I liked to read. I was just a singer an entertainer and a performer. People embraced that lying kind of behavior, too. Um, putting out what they wanted to see, what they were willing to see, they really encouraged that um, constantly, reinforced it a lot. And maybe you get that elsewhere, but I see it pushed a lot on women. There's, like, certain expectations. Do you have something to say about this? We're talking about your culture. I've dealt with this with you, and I can't quite white culture around expectations for women. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. Not not about women. Your culture is about lies. Facade is a lie. Yeah, for sure. Everybody has facade. Like a social And oftentimes people who are in social minorities have this tendency to elevate their own struggle over other people's. I did that um, just a few minutes ago when you downplayed the fact that I would possibly understand. And you noticed, you mentioned... About the athlete thing. But then you also neglected to realize that the box of masculinity is actually very small. 
how is how is that elevating my spirit? <coughs> because you, your awareness is better. You would say the same thing to me, though. Like you. No, you I would actually understand. say this is like this for you, right? Okay, and that's what I did. I followed up with that. I know that this is uh, something that happens is similar, and then but you're, it comes from a different place still. But your follow up statement was like. But but, I, I I really don't see it different. They're related. It's it's of the same coin. It br- it brings the about same... the same feelings. So yours the different separate is never equal. It's separate is never equal. Right. So if you separate your struggle and my struggle, one of them is going to be better. And because you know yours more intimately, you're going to say that yours, even if you don't recognize it, you're going to say that yours is better. Thank you for pointing that out. I think trying to look at it as non-defensively as possible, I, I don't think I was elevating to the extent of saying that like this is a pain that I feel microphone so much greater than anyone else could ever feel I think what I mean to say and how I'll try to be more careful in wording is that 